Welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast of thevikingage.com. My name is Chris Shad. I write for the Viking Age as well as zone coverage, bring me the news and the Brookings Register. My co-host is Adam Patrick, who is the managing editor of the Viking Age. And we do this every Monday and Thursday right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel and on Apple and Spotify every Tuesday and Friday. But however you consume us, rate, comment, like, subscribe, ring the bell so you never miss a new episode. Um, Adam, it's early July. We need stuff to talk about. We could talk about um, threads, which uh, <laughs> yeah. Th- that's just that's just funny to me because you told me about this earlier in the week and I'm like, OK, I'll I'll sign up. I'll do it, whatever. And like within like 15 minutes, the damn thing like erupted, like everybody just jumped at the drop of a hat and was just like, yeah, let's see if this is better because, um, yeah, Twitter is a, a hellhole. Well, and it will only be a ma- matter of time until threads is the same way. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, the features, I think that's where everybody kind of like having to subscribe to people to get their tweets and yeah. it was getting, uh, it's, and now, um, I think, I, I don't know if you saw, but, or if you use it, but tweet deck, you've got to be like verified now to use that eventually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone's just like, all right, just, and I like so far with like threads or whatever. I like the simplicity of it, of just mm-hmm. like, it just, and I hope they keep it that way. There's no, there's no DMS. I think people would like it to be more, you can kind of curate your own feed. I think that's what people would like probably the most. Hopefully they do that, but. If not, oh well, it's it's just something different. And so far, it seems to be pretty good. I think there was like, I think I saw Zuckerberg or whatever posted like 5 million signups in the first four hours last <laughs> night. So, uh, yeah. It's Shefty's, doing well. Shefty's over there. Uh, Woj is over there. Rap, Rap Sheet's over there. Pelissero. All the, all the big guns are over there. So, uh, not good for Elon. Uh, but uh, we're not here to talk about threads. We're here to talk about somebody else well i was i was about to go into like the potential cage match uh, apparently that they're going to have oh, yeah which, right. uh yeah <laughs> um yeah so this is the viking age podcast it's not the thread v something va uh podcast but uh <laughs> last year we started doing this thing called rewatchables where we would watch watch an old vikings game back and then talk about it so we picked a game and uh, today we're going to do a little game known as is is there a name? For, is it just the moon game, the Randy Moss moon game, the straight cash yeah, only game? I think you can call it the Randy Moss moon game. There's the, the Randy Moss moon game shoots the moon straight uh, cash, homie. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Playoff upset, whatever, were... whatever you want to call it. It is the Vikings against the Packers, January 9th, 2005. So what I'll do here is I'm going to go through the background. We'll talk about the game and just kind of the aftermath of what happened. If you did not see rewatchables last year, which games did we do last year? We did Minneapolis Miracle. Yep. We did. Did we do Blair Walsh? That yep. was another one. Yeah. Um, and I think we did the 98 uh, NFC Championship. We did 98 NFC Championship. I think so. Hmm. Yeah. But um, yeah, go check those out. because No, we did Brett Favre. Brett Favre's uh, touchdown pass to Greg Lewis. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're the right, right. Vikings-Niners game from 2009. I guess we got to do 98. <laughs> we got to do 98. I guess that's next on the list, right? right Everybody's like, right. no, no, we don't need to. <laughs> we don't need to do this. Why? Why? So we're just we're going to think happy thoughts mm-hmm. because we got a couple weeks until uh, training camp. Yeah. But let's go back. Let's jump in the time machine. 2005. 
I was an awkward, aspiring sports broadcaster at Rochester John Marshall High School. What were you like in 2005? Just like same thing. I was uh, author in Heights or something, or what? <laughs> definitely, definitely doing that. Um, what was it? Two thousand so two thousand five. So I was a junior in high school um, when this happened. Um, so yeah, I, I don't even know what I was doing at this time, but probably working. I, I worked at a pizza place. Yeah. I was probably doing that, delivering pizzas. I was, at the, I was at the beginning of my decade of destruction at Menards. Um, I worked there through high school and whatever. And if you built a deck between 2005 and 2015, I'm sorry. I didn't know the difference between like galvanized and like steel screws. It's like the steel <laughs> ones, like they just, they just erode and like everything else. So like, there's probably a lot of people going What's, there. And, is like, Menards a hardware store? It is. It's like, it's like a Home Depot. Um, like a local Home Depot. Yeah. They, they treat their employees like crap. Hmm. I don't know. I just sat there and took it, I guess, for a decade because I'm like, well, what other job am I going to get? And right. I had crippling anxiety about like actually getting into my career. Yeah. Um, but we're here now. We're here <laughs> and it's great. But anyway, uh, in that time, just like me at John Marshall as a John Marshall Rocket, the Vikings were a hot mess. Uh, the year before they started six and oh, they missed the playoffs on Josh McCown's last second touchdown to Nathan Poole. Uh, they were led by Mike Tice, who is Dan Campbell before Dan Campbell was cool. Yeah. Uh, the Vikings fired Dennis Green after the 2001 season. Red McCombs was the owner at the time. He was cheap. So he hired Tice, a lifelong offensive line coach to lead the Vikings. Uh, I believe they said during the broadcast he had an option for one million dollars. Mm -hmm. So that tells you everything you needed to know. And by the way. Looking back on Mike Tice, I freaking loved Mike Tice. He he was the best. He had the Randy ratio, which basically told all defenses, hey, we're just going to throw it to Randy Moss as much as he could. And Randy Moss still had like 120 catches and like just bonkers statistics or whatever. Um, I got a story about Mike Tice and my uncle actually told me this. And I don't know. The, my uncle might actually turn around and be like, I never said that, but <laughs> whatever. Um, this is how I understood it. Apparently, he was at a uh, St. Patrick's Day party at a bar in St. Paul. He was waiting for my aunt to come out of the bathroom because they were going to leave. And my uncle was standing there. He was finishing his last green beer. And there's this big guy coming through with two giant mugs of green beer and a cigar in his mouth. Mm -hmm. And... My uncle realized, oh, this is Mike Tice. So, like, he's going through whatever. And, uh, I mean, you can just picture this. And uh, my uncle looks at him, and he just does one of these, like, little head nod thing. And Mike Tice sees the beer in his hand and just goes, nice, and walks <laughs> away. <laughs> so. Uh, he was feeling good. That, that was Mike Tice to a T. He was, mm -hmm. you know, a couple years later, he had to be the spokesman for the love boat thing. No. <laughs> It's like, so coach, I, well, uh, you know, uh, uh, well, uh, yeah, but, but he was likable. He, he was very, a lot yeah. like Dan Campbell. If you're a younger generation Vikings mm -hmm. fan. Um, another thing that happened in 2004, Brock Lesnar, uh, tried out for the Vikings, well, a defensive yeah. tackle and almost made the team. They were going to put him on NFL Europe, but he's like, ah, I don't want to do it. And then he became UFC champion and the reigning defending <laughs> undisputed Universal champion Brock Lesnar. He didn't get that um, introduction in training camp. And actually, if you look it up, uh, Nate Burleson, who was also on this team, 
had an awesome recollection of oh, yeah. Brock Lesnar in the fight and like saying how he was a good teammate. He studied all the time and everything yeah. else. Uh, that is a super cool story. Like how cool would this team have been if Brock Lesnar wound up being like a rotational three tech, like maybe he just did it for one year and then he went back to, you know, USC and WWE and that stuff. Him and like, what, was Chris Hovan. Was he on the roster? Chris Hovan was on yeah, the roster. him and him and Chris Hovan feel like a natural, just tag team in general, uh, in terms of wrestling. Um, yeah, it would have been fun. And it's not like the Vikings defense was that great in 2004. No. Um, so I, I don't know how, how badly, you know, he would have made them or whatever if, if, if he made the team or whatever. So, um, it would have been fun for sure. Just, just something to look back at and be like, yeah, Brock Lesnar played for, for the Vikings, but he I don't know. Brett Favre and put him in a Camaro on. Yeah. I, the end of his career. I, I always thought it was like a little bit of a, a PR stunt to begin with, but he did, he did pretty good in the preseason. And then they were like, all right. And it was just such a surreal thing as like a wrestling fan, because I yeah. remember the Brock Lesnar and Goldberg match at WrestleMania 20, where everybody knew they were leaving Terrible. and they just booed him out of the damn building. Yeah. Like yeah. Stone Cold's like, all right, I guess I'm going to just stunner you guys and like drink yeah. beer and uh, <laughs> save this thing. <laughs> but um, so the Vikings that season, they start the year five and one. Randy Moss injures his hamstring in a week five win over the Saints. He spends the next five weeks as a decoy or is just straight up inactive. Uh, the Vikings go on to lose seven of their next 10 games. And that sets up the Packers to win the division because both of their wins came against the Vikings. They had one win in week 10 where they had an onside kick that the Vikings appeared to recover. I can't remember who um, recovered, appeared to recover the onside kick, but it looked obvious on the replay and the rest were like Packers ball. So um, that was it. Then. Uh, a battle on Christmas Eve, a game that I went to with my mom, actually, mm. where at the end of the first half, uh, the Packers were driving with no timeouts and the Packers or Brett Favre was leading them. He threw a pass, to, I believe, to Donald Driver and he got stopped short at the stick, like obviously. And the refs are like, let's have a let's have a little uh, measurement here. And like time was running down. There was only like three seconds left on the clock. So the Packers got their special teams unit on and kicked the field goal, and they wound up winning by three points. So there was that. Uh, Ryan Longwell, by the mm -hmm. way, kicker of the Packers. Uh, the Packers also had issues on defense at this time uh, because coming into the 2004 season, they fired Ed Donatel. <laughs> that, that name sounds familiar because he gave a lot of yards, created a lot of turnovers, but um, there's this little thing called 4th and 23 mm. uh, between the Packers and, or 4th and 26 I, because it was the same as the Nathan Poole touchdown, right? right? right, right, right yeah. Right. So did that happen weeks after? I thought it was different years. So so 4th and 26 mm. happened to the Vikings and then two weeks later it happened to the Packers? No, uh, I don't know. I, I don't remember exactly, but um, yeah, I, I guess so. I guess that I guess those did happen. Is that that would be fourth and twenty six, January eleventh, two thousand four. That would have been the same year. Yeah, I yeah, did not realize yeah, that. Yeah. So the Packers got into the playoffs on a fourth and twenty six, and they were eliminated on a fourth and twenty six. Yeah, that yeah. is wild. <laughs> was but it yes. a, was it Freddie Mitchell? They caught Freddie Mitchell. The and the Vikings would have their own Freddie Mitchell moments in the next round of the playoffs yeah. when they got. Whooped in Philadelphia when the ball just like jumped into his hands and yeah. good old Fred X. Um, 
So the Packers got worse under Bob Slowick, who was hired to be the defensive coordinator, especially in the turnover department. Worse than with Donato. That's yes, that's that, that is that is a low bar. <laughs> um, Vikings fans know all do too well. At least it was only one year. It wasn't like Packer fans had to like sit through that through four years. Which oh god, we got this Hall of Fame quarterback, but we got to deal with Donatel. I, I guess I don't. I, don't know, I guess maybe Donatel's defense wasn't as bad as it was with the Vikings last year because his players could be more physical. Um, and I think, yeah, the personnel wasn't really there for anyone to succeed last year. No. I mean, it was a lot of old and slower players who right. were still effective. I mean, Patrick Peterson had a very good year because they played a lot of zone coverage, but like other guys like the Neil Hunter, it's like, we're going to turn you in an outside edge. Huh? Yeah. Like, uh, shouldn't I be getting after the quarterback? Yeah. Point right towards the camera. Um, <laughs> Mike McKenzie. Also, another reason why the Packers defense declined because yep. he was traded to New Orleans in a contract dispute. The Packers relied on a cornerback tandem of Al Harris, who I just, I hated him. <laughs> like, there, there's a play in this game where he doesn't even see the ball. It goes straight over his head. He's covering Randy Moss, and he's, like, wagging his finger to the camera and stuff. It's like, dude, you didn't even know where the ball was. Shut up. And then, you know. I, I thought it was funny, uh, where I think there was a moment where Joe Buck pointed out, you know, because he was talking about uh, Randy Moss's fro and everything. And then there was, he's like, well, Al Harris and his dreadlocks. Uh, and yeah. Like, Why are you <laughs> like now? Now it's so common nowadays for players to have, yeah. you know, dreads and everything. So it's just like weird to go back and, and Joe Buck's like, oh, he's got dreadlocks. And it's like, uh, yeah, he does. I remember like a common thing was like, they should pull him down by his dreads. Well, they did that like, with uh, what? Ricky Williams. Yeah. Um, and then, then like they started, I don't know. He got like extensions or something, so they could. <laughs> yeah, I think they started like a safety valve. Well, they started. Something. Remember Cordell Patterson? He would put it. He would put it like in a wrap. Yeah, or something so he wouldn't. They wouldn't be able to do that. But yeah, I just when thought it was in the heat of battle. Joe Buck's like, oh well, there's Al Harris and his dreadlocks, and it's like, uh, yeah, it's his hair. <laughs> It's that's common, Joe. Yes, yeah. that's common. Joe Buck said some interesting things. He, yeah, he watching we'll this back, back it. it made me realize why Vikings fans hated him before the Minneapolis miracle because there was just a lot of things that he said and the way in which he said it. The whole announce team, like it was just like, oh, this is this the Packers home home announce team, like the way that they were talking about everything, and then yeah, it was very interesting. So last couple of notes before we get into the game. After trading Mike McKenzie to New Orleans. The, who also had dreadlocks, by the way. Yep. Uh, the Packers selected Ahmad Carroll with the 25th overall pick in 2004. Uh, this was also the first game for the Packers after Reggie White died. Yep. Um, they broke into the broadcast in the middle of Amazing Grace, and that was kind of weird. Yeah, that was so, weird. They're just in there talking and like <laughs> it's in the background. Somebody die or what? <laughs> yeah, somebody did die. So the Packers came into this game. You know, sometimes teams have a narrative. When they come in, and that's like they're rallying, right? Like the Ravens during the Flacco year, it was like, this is Ray Lewis's last ride, and we're gonna win the Super Bowl for them. And, and they did. This is like the win one for Reggie White Bowl. Deer spray. Uh, yes. Deer what? With Ray Lewis. You remember that? Where he put like deer spray or whatever on like his injured uh like shoulder or whatever, or his bicep, and that 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 supposedly helped him. It was like hmm. deer, deer antler, deer repellent, or I don't, I don't remember, but uh that was the story. Yeah. So that's why I said that. Hmm. The, the more you know. Yeah. So we flash that across <laughs> the screen. Um, 
let's get to the game itself. Packers were six-point favorites at home at Lambeau Field. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, and Chris Collinsworth were on the call. Oh, and as, as, as you mentioned, it was different because Chris Collinsworth didn't have the slide. He didn't do nope. the old, nope. you know, that, nope. that old thing. He was just there. Wow. And he seemed like a third wheel mm-hmm. the entire broadcast. And maybe it's because Buck and Aikman have been a mm-hmm. tandem for so long. But it just seemed like every time Collinsworth would say something, like it would either get shut down or like he was the one announcer that was kind of like, hey, these Vikings are pretty good. They they hung with the Packers yep. in both these games. They lost by a field goal. And Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were like, nah. Yeah, that's great, Chris. Uh, but what about Brett Favre? Brett Favre is here. <laughs> um, we were here in Lambeau. We're really hoping they win because the 8-8 eight and eight Rams won today. And we yeah. need better play. Otherwise, this. This playoffs will suck. It made me realize that I despise three man boots. Like I've, they're hard to pull off. Just basketball, I feel like it works better. Mm-hmm. But football, there's just there's not a lot of time in between plays, so you already don't get a lot of time to talk. So then you know it just it's weird to have like a third person there who's like, hey, I want to say something too. And it's like, but but well, it's the like plays are already beginning. <laughs> it's like baseball now too. It's like you have the play clock. So yeah. like in baseball, you have a pitch clock and. You know, I think a lot of broadcasts watching baseball, you know, they're trying to do their little graphics and stuff. And they're like, oh, my God, it's another pitch. Mm-hmm, like, switch mm-hmm. now. Like, yeah. uh, there was a bit of an adjustment period. They used to have all their stories and everything, baseball. But, yeah, now they, now they got to be like, oh, yeah, the game. Well, uh, one of the things coming into this game was that Randy Moss started the game despite walking off the field early in the season finale Ooh. against Washington. And that was the big storyline coming into the game. <laughs> Uh, Chris Collinsworth said he wouldn't have had Randy Moss start. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Uh, Troy Aikman at one point suggested that the team rallied around Matt Burke and Dante Culpepper, who said Moss's actions were wrong during the week and not Randy Moss. What a Although, combo. Later, later in the broadcast, Chris Myers had a sideline report saying, uh, the reason they had picked their froze out mm-hmm. was to show solidarity and was a, uh, idea of randy moss to which troy aikman said well they should have showed that solidarity last week yeah they made they made such a big deal about like they talked about the whole game pretty much anytime they showed randy moss on on the screen it was basically uh oh walked off the field uh just despicable well not despicable that was later um but like they just the whole game and then you know Joe Buck would be like, well, I, I, I don't know why anyone's so surprised because, you know, he squirted the water bottle. At the, I have the quote. At the... <laughs> you, want, you want me to read the quote? Because yes. this is what I was getting at. The, the Vikings were up 24 to 10 in the third quarter when Joe Buck says this, you know, try and get my Joe Buck voice. Who would have thought that the actions by Randy Moss would have had this kind of galvanizing effect on the Minnesota Vikings? Only their best player. Uh, And by the way, anyone feigning astonishment that Randy Moss would do that last week hasn't been taught anything by history. He did it a couple times under Denny Green, squirting an official with a water bottle in the playoffs in St. Louis. Give me a break. That's what he does. That's him. I feel like he's he's loosened up a lot more. Uh, I wonder... If so, Randy didn't like doing media stuff yeah. early in his career, yeah. and I wonder if they had like a pregame meeting with him, asked him a couple questions, and it just it didn't go well, or like Moss got defensive or something. Or he, he didn't care. Yeah, or he didn't care. Yeah, yeah. It just caught him on a bad day, and I think it just 
stuck in Buck's brain, this broadcast team's brain. And they're just like, yeah, the guy's a jackass, like, obviously. But I mean, looking back, it's kind of like how many of these actions were overblown, like squirting an official with a water bottle. Yeah, I mean, you could sit there and say, okay, he probably shouldn't have done that. Don't but do it. Yeah. What was, but like... what was the harm? <laughs> like, you oh, look, my arm. You look at you look at some of the other players in this game and like he he didn't do like half the shit. Like he had that one thing with the rent a cop that was like full Paul Blart, but I, I again shouldn't have done that. Like that that's another thing. Yeah, look but all the guys on the field for the Packers. You got Brett Favre, who's a wonderful person. Welfare fraud. Yeah, Darren Sharper, who's a wonderful person. Uh yeah. There's a Najee Davenport, one of my favorites. Not because he was like a good player or anything. Uh, but he took a shit in a college girl's hamper, broke into the apartment, and just like, I got to take a shit. And, <laughs> uh, did it right in the hamper. Me and my friends actually called him Najee Davenpoop. Uh, some of his other nicknames were, uh, I-, I think there was a petition to have him wear the number two. Uh, with the Packers, but it got shut down. Uh, another one of his nicknames was the dump truck because of, um, yeah. And, and then, you know, you kind of look at the whole walking off the field thing. 2021 Vikings Packers, Aaron Rodgers goes to the tunnel a couple seconds before halftime. And a lot of people made a big deal about it, but he was getting treatment. But the whole thing was just, oh, look at Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. He's ready to go to the locker room, get that treatment, and they're just going to take a knee here. They basically and, treated it like what Antonio Brown did a couple years ago, where he yeah. walked, off, walked out of the field, took his shirt off. Like that's basically what Joe Buck and and Collinsworth and Aikman acted like. Like that, he, like he did that. It would have been really interesting to see what a social media platform like Threads or Twitter would have been like right. during Randy Moss's. Prime, like well, it was a different years. yeah it was a different time i'm sure people would have freaked out oh. the love the love boat on twitter oh been. my god <laughs> we would have had like an oral his well geez that is it already does that was a terrible word to use. i know i know yep uh, <laughs> yeah uh but it was just uh, every t- anytime rainy moss on the screen like you you look back at some things and you're like why did he have like such a negative image or whatever and it's because of people like joe buck and collinsworth and aikman who just painted him in this negative light every time he's on the screen like this guy is making amazing plays he made an amazing play on like one leg in this game and they're just like ah he's terrible terrible leader and it's like uh excuse me they're winning um and guys are coming up to him and like high-fiving him and everything so he must be doing something right because it's just it was i don't know it was it was very like enlightening to be like oh yeah this is why everyone thought he was like such a bad influence because and look at commenting and look at what moss did later in his career with the patriots bill belichick yeah. said he was the smartest player he's ever played coached yeah. so i mean yeah. and, and he is it, it is kind of ironic because he's tremendous as a color like a analyst now like uh yeah. for espn yep. like he's got personality he's funny he knows what he's talking about uh which a lot of people sometimes don't that are hired in that position um no, they just got fired yeah, or they just got laid off. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it's just kind of interesting there. So let's get to the game. Finally, uh, the Vikings dominated early on the third play of the game. Dante Culpepper used his mobility to extend the play. Hmm, that's interesting uh, to find Mo Williams on a dump off that went 62 yards to the house. He caught it mm-hmm. and nobody mm-hmm. was there for the Packers. There was a couple of nice blocks downfield and Mo Williams said, thank you. I will score here. 
Uh, after a Brett Favre interception, Culpepper found Randy Moss for a 20-yard touchdown to go ahead 14 to nothing, and Culpepper had the chance for a third touchdown in the first quarter, looking for Moss, but is swatted away by Al Harris. And the Vikings went ahead on a 17 to nothing field goal by Martin Anderson that barely crossed the crossbar. I think it was only like a 30 something yard attempt. And, you know, 47 year old Martin Anderson's like, I got this. Don't worry, coach. Um, Dante Culpepper was a beast in 2004. 4,717 yards, 39 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. He also had 406 yards on the ground, two touchdowns on the ground. If it weren't for this Peyton Manning dude who threw for 49 touchdowns that season, Dante Culpepper was a legitimate MVP candidate. He was also doing it on a team where Jermaine Wiggins was the leading wide receiver, or leading receiver, not wide receiver playing tight. Pass catcher. That just uh, amplifies my point. <laughs> Is this the most underrated statistical season in Vikings history? Uh, I would step it up and say NFL history because um, this is easily the best single season by a quarterback uh, in Vikings. Like, oh, oh, there's no, there's no, sound no, the alarm, no sound question. the alarm, Kirky. Listen, Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins has never thrown for more than 35 touchdowns in a season. So they're right there. That's not, a, not as much as Dante Culpepper, who also added, I believe, like two, three or four touchdowns on the ground too. Um, so he accounted for over 40 touchdowns that season, almost through for 5,000 through completed about what 70% of his passes. Like you said, did this mostly without Randy Moss uh, being himself, at least for most of the season. Uh, Jermaine Wings is, is his lead, leading receiver. He's got a, a terrible rushing attack behind him with Michael Bennett and Ontario Smith. So he's basically the entire offense and he still did all this stuff. Um, you mentioned Peyton Manning, who had the luxury of throwing to Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne, who are basically with Edger and James in the backfield. Yes, so he, he had he had a little more help than uh, than Culpepper did, and Culpepper did this, you know. He, and the defense for for the Vikings wasn't giving him any help either. So, like the fact that Culpepper was able to do all this with the limited amount of weapons that he had makes it even more impressive. Um, and if you go back, like if you look, maybe if you adjust it for era. Like his numbers would look even better today uh, compared to what they were. I just I thought the interesting point that they they mentioned in the broadcast. I think Collinsworth said it where uh, he talked about like the Vikings rushing attack and uh, how Culpepper was like. If you take Culpepper out, this rushing attack is like terrible. And I'm like, but you shouldn't take Culpepper out because he's part of the rushing attack. <laughs> it's like taking yeah, they like were saying sec- if, they were if you take Lamar, the league yeah, and- it's like if you take Lamar Jackson out, then uh, you know then the Ravens. Are, Rushing attack is terrible. It's like, why would you do that? He's part of the I'm looking it up right now. The Vikings were second in the league with 4.7 yards per rushing attempt. Um, They only had eight rushing touchdowns, which is really interesting. But the number one team in the league was the Atlanta Falcons, who had 5.1 yards per rushing attack uh, because or attempt because uh, they had this guy named Michael Vick uh, as their quarterback. So running quarterbacks are uh, definitely a good way to get the efficiency out of your running game. Um, I think it's one of the most impressive statistical seasons in Viking history, regardless of any player. Um, I would say the 1998 season by Gary Anderson, where he did not miss a kick until you know what happened. But still, I mean, getting to that point without missing a kick is that's insane. Um, He just missed one when it counted. And yeah, people shit on him for it. Um, Right. 
uh, I was going to say rightfully so. I mean, I there are a lot of other things that went ha- wrong in that game. I, I mean, I listen, we should we should probably do that game and like. Well, I listened to the, the score north pie chart of blame the other day, and I think it was Mackey who blamed like most of it on Gary Anderson. I'm like, no, <laughs> like it was one play. Like Dennis, I feel like just looking at that game, Dennis Green deserved like probably the most blame of of the whole of anyone. Just the way that they, that game was coached, approached. They they need the ball, kneel the ball down, or whatever before the half when you have a record breaking offense, and you're just like, no, I don't want to. Um, yeah, so yeah, well, we can do that one next or in the near future. <laughs> He's like, no, so yeah. you gotta you gotta hey. live the good with the bad, yeah. don't yep. you? Yep. Um, the field goal here was the turning point of the game because the Vikings really could have put their boot to the throat of the Packers. Yep. Uh, there was also a moment where Willie Offord, who was playing in place of Corey Chavis, who fractured his elbow late in the season. Uh, he appeared to have an interception, but was ruled incomplete. That set up a 43 yard field goal oh, yeah. by Ryan Longwell. Uh, Brian Russell was called for an unnecessary roughness penalty after rolling over the top of Javon Walker. He was Sandejo uh, before Sandejo. He was. He was <laughs> 100%. I loved Brian Russell, though. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe it was like the white safety in the back. Like, yeah. that's a white safety. Holy crap. Look at this. He's like doing it's like Jason Seahorn effect for the Adam Giants. Archuleta. They were yeah, still around. They were still around back then. They were. They were definitely a thing. Um, but. You know, the Vikings. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mr. Bilgo and Anderson slipped on the Lambeau turf, which was a thing all game. Like, Javon Walker. It's still a thing. Yeah. Javon, Javon Walker, Mo Williams, and Chad Clifton yep. all suffered injuries in this game because of the turf. Yep. Um you know, did Morton Anderson wear short cleats because he couldn't get cool designs on them? Or <laughs> why? Because they mentioned he was only wearing Quentin, like Chris Collinsworth, like that's not going to do it. He was here. wearing like soccer cleats. Yeah. Like, um, they're like, uh, yeah. I don't know. They're, it's, it's their kickers. Kickers are weird. They probably have like their, he probably had his shoes that he liked. He didn't want to switch it up. And, but it didn't matter because he was going to slip anyways. Uh, but yeah, it was, I thought it was just totally ironic because we just talked about in 98 how Morton Anderson was the kicker for the Vikings in this game. And it's like, really? Of all guys you could have signed to be your kicker? That's that's the one guy you decided? The guy who. What just- year? Was it 2002 when Doug Bryan just had that awful game against uh, Buffalo? And Mike Tice said, get Gary on the fucking phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gary brought him back. back. It was 01 or 02. Yeah, it was one of, it was one of those because it was I think it was either Doug Bryan or was it Paul Edinger that they had to? Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. And Gary oh, I Anderson remember Paul back. Edinger. I, I was excited we got him. I'm like, we got the Bears kicker. He's awesome. And not so much. Is he the one who lined up with like his back? Yeah, I think so. And, yep. did, like, the, and he just did the th- 180 and uh <laughs> Yeah, soccer style kick, little style points. Um, so the Packers were building some momentum, but then Brett Favre let the Vikings back into the game. Uh, it was an interception to Brian Russell on the play following the Anderson miss. He not set his up fault, a, though. Yeah, what would go ahead? Far, not Favre's fault on this interception. He he had multiple interceptions 
in this game, but that was not his fault. And Collinsworth pointed out how Javon Walker was going across the field and like right before Favre threw it, he cut his route and started to go up instead of just continuing across the field and Favre threw it where he thought he was going to be in. There were a couple of instances where Favre kind of looked at his receivers and was like, hey, you need to do this instead of that. It's like, (laughs) this is the playoffs, man. Why aren't you guys on the same track? Right. And Javon Walker, like at that point, he was actually a pretty good, like emerging receiver. I remember a pro bowler, the last first rounder the Packers have spent on a uh, receiver. (laughs) Yeah. And the streak continued because they took uh, Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa. I get him and Jack Campbell mixed up all the time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because they both went to Iowa. Um, they're both in the NFC North now because Campbell <laughs> went to Detroit and his girlfriend, apparently great tackler as well, as we saw over the 4th of July um, <laughs> or fiance, whatever it is. So anyway, Favre's first interception sets up a 19 yard pass from Culpepper to Nate Burleson, who torched Ahmad Carroll to put the Vikings up 24 to 10. Uh, Favre had another play right before halftime where... <laughs> He's running and all of a sudden, like there's two Vikings there and he's just like, oh, shucks. I'm just going to throw it behind my back, even though he's four yards beyond the line of scrimmage. So he throws a touchdown to Bubba Franks and the rest are like, no, you you can't do that, man. Um, (laughs) And, and, you know, and and of course, the the broadcast team absolutely hilarious. Oh, the Brett Favre, good old boy, just having fun. Even the refs laughing. Whoa. Longwell missed the field goal, um, <laughs> but nobody pointed that out because it was Brett Favre. So hilariously stupid play. Back he was he was even laughing though after the play. They showed a replay of him. He was and laughing. they mentioned too if Favre just put his head down. This will sound familiar to Vikings fans. He may have gotten close to the first down. He, the Packers could have went for it. Could have got a touchdown. Instead, they come up empty-handed. So Favre in this game, he would throw for 216 yards, one touchdown, and four interceptions. Four interceptions. After this game, and you mentioned some of them weren't his fault, but after this game, Favre would be two and five in playoff games since losing Super Bowl 32 to Denver. In those games, Favre had 257 yards passing per game, 11 touchdowns, and 16 interceptions. Now, six of those picks came in like an absolute disaster game against St. Louis in 2002. But I think, how much do you think this game kind of persuaded the Packers, hey, we better get an insurance plan at quarterback because Brett's kind of, you know, starting to think about retiring. Falling off the cliff a little bit. Like, how much do you think this became a thing? I think it was a lot um, in the past, maybe in 96, 97, 98. Like these are the games where Favre like steps up and he, he separates himself from a team like, like the Vikings. And he just takes a, takes advantage of some of their uh, problems in the secondary and things like that. And, and it's no problem, but this game, he was, he looked terrible. He was just throwing passes everywhere where his receivers were not like, yeah, there was a couple that were bounced and bobbled or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I looking at just realizing now that the Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers a few months later in the 2005 draft. Uh, it makes a lot of sense that they did that after a game like this, where it's like, you know, maybe it's uh, it's time to, to get ready because uh, we're not going to win if you throw four interceptions in the playoffs. And it was a little bit of luck, obviously, because if Aaron Rodgers goes number one of the Niners or a team earlier in the draft takes right. him. Never happens. But like if the Vikings lose this game, let's say Brett Favre has a good game. There's yep. a possibility the Packers like, yeah, we're good. I yep. mean, they get a lower draft pick, right? So yep. 
is Rodgers still there? I, yeah. I never looked at the draft. Did the Vikings order. screw themselves by beating the Packers in this game and letting the Packers get Aaron Rodgers. I'll talk about this butterfly effect a little bit yeah. later, though, because it's it's interesting to think about. But despite Favre's little gaffe before halftime, the Lambeau was feeling itself. Uh, the Green Bay DJ, <laughs> I think it was like DJ Seamus up there because it was just banger after banger after <laughs> banger. He, like you had Willie Won't Go, which is like a perfect lamb. <laughs> you had Here for the Party, which is like the trailer trash anthem by Gretchen Wilson back in the day. Uh, they were playing Tub Thumper. That's oh, another wow. like lamb. Get knocked down. Um, <laughs> You know, save a horse, ride a cowboy. That oh, was yeah. another. I didn't realize that song was that old. Yeah, that was that was high school. Yeah. I think that might have even been like my junior year of high school. I thought that was more recent. I, I played guess. that big and rich song CD a little too much in my <laughs> high school days. Uh, and then, of course, you have the anthem bang on the drum all day, oh, where no. you know half a song. Da, 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 they played, they played uh, Hell's Bells before the start of the. The second second half too. I remember that hearing that as Hell's Bells the... is always a good one though. Oh, yeah. Like I, I don't blame them for that. But like it was just typical. It it was like the Lambo soundtrack. I mean, the Miller Light <laughs> was flowing like wine. And I don't know, the like, the French are assholes. I don't know about this Lambo thing, but uh the Packers made it a 24-17 game with a one-yard touchdown by Najee Davenport. I mean Davenport in the opening <laughs> minutes of the fourth quarter. Things were not looking good for the Vikings until the moon. It was a full moon at Lambeau, and I'm not talking about the one in the sky because it was kind of snowy and rainy and all that stuff. But first and 10 from the Green Bay 34-yard line. Dante Culpepper rolls to his right, fires a bomb to Randy Moss, who hauls it in over Al Harris for a cold-blooded connection at Paul Allen would call it. He goes to the goalpost, pretends to pull down his pants, and dances around Moss on the moon on the actual celebration, getting inside of his head. Uh, he was interviewed by Chris Meyerson. Just having a little fun, man. I didn't mean no harm. Just having fun with the boys a little bit. So I guess I was just enthused. I scored a touchdown. It's just a touchdown celebration. I hope I didn't get in trouble for it. But if I do, I'll take the heat. Oh, there was heat, Randy. Um, <laughs> Moss in 2021, he said he explained that it was a Lambeau tradition for Packer fans to moon the opposing team's bust. Uh, in his words, there's about 10 white asses sitting out there over the hill. They all got their pants down. There's nothing but white moon all lined up for all that stuff y'all did. Y'all taking this. Uh, Chris Collinsworth absolutely loved it because uh, oh, yeah. he was like, look at him. He's shooting the moon. And then all of a sudden <laughs> Joe Buck. Because he understood it. Joe Buck. I don't know if he like ripped off Collins or, you know, hit the cough button on Collinsworth yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But. Joe Buck chimes in and everybody knows what he says. This is a disgusting act by Randy Moss. And I am absolutely disgusted that we showed it live yeah. on our airwaves. Yeah. He says a little bit later, Randy Moss gets the touchdown with the classless act yeah. after it. Uh, in 2020, he was asked about the uh, about the call. And he said this, I believe this was an interview with Colin Coward of Fox Sports. Yep. If I answer this question, I seem defensive or apologetic. I'm neither. 
I stand by what I said in the moment on live TV. I always do. I have to. It's a high wire act every week, every game. It's not as easy as most people think. Moss got fined for something. He didn't care what I said then, and he doesn't now. We are friends. He is a work colleague of my wife, Michelle, at ESPN, and we work together tangentially at Fox. Since then, of course, Buck has been hired as the Monday Night Football voice at ESPN. And uh, he also added, I got a letter from a young father who is watching with his sons and glad I said it because he didn't really have to explain much to his sons about what that move was and what they had just watched a pro bowler do on television. Um, Adam, I actually have a surprise for you. Oh boy. Because I did a little digging. Um, not a lot going on in Brookings over the 4th of July. So, <laughs> um, I actually found the letter that oh. Buck got. Um, and I, I just kind of want to read it on air if you don't mind. You ready? Okay. Okay. There we go. <laughs> Dear Mr. Buck, I want to thank you for your call on Randy Moss touchdown last Sunday. It was a completely disgusting act and one that should not go unpunished in the National Football League. A lot of people may not think it was a big deal, but I have my two sons of my own. How do I explain to Mandrich and Nitschke that this is not the way we play football? I would much rather see my two sons who are dominating the Pop Warner Football League in Appleton as young offensive linemen to play the game the right way, such as signing the football with a Sharpie after you score a touchdown or calling 911 with a cell phone hunting underneath the goalpost or literally anything that Chad Johnson does. Seriously, he's hilarious. Thank you, Mr. Book, and God bless. Cletus Polanski, Appleton, Wisconsin. Oh, that's a good find by you. Yeah, I, I I think it was some really good um, research on my part. But um, how much do you think Joe Buck's call affected the backlash on Moss's mood? Uh, it's exactly it's a giant reason why he got traded. Giant, giant, giant reason why he got traded. Because um, Rudd McCombs, I think he was already fed up with Randy Moss by this time. And then after this happened, he was just like, all right, he's done. Um, it's just as it, it is what Randy Moss does. He's. A polarizing player is going to do what he wants to do because he's ready. Fucking good. Um, he's like arguably the best receiver in the NFL history. Um, and a couple notes on this play. He was basically a decoy uh, in the second half because he sprained his ankle or whatever. They mm-hmm. tipped it up and he was like, no, I'm going to play. I think Chris Meyer said like he overheard Randy Moss saying like, I'm, I'm going to play out on the field with like a broken leg if I have to. I don't care. Um, so he was on the field. And so the Packers weren't worried about him. Al Harris wasn't even jamming him up at the line because he didn't care. Um, so Randy Moss actually like faked a slant on this play and was like, no, nope, I'm going to blow by you instead. Um, and Culpepper saw that and then they got the touchdown because I think Chris Collinsworth was mostly surprised after he caught the touchdown because he was just talking about how Randy Moss like he can't do anything on the field. He can't get open or anything because because of his ankle. And then he did this and he was like, oh, look at Randy Moss. Um, also. The Vikings shouldn't have been able to even run this play because on the other side of the field, Marcus Robinson had a clear false start. Uh, their other re- receiver at the time, and uh, it wasn't called. Uh, so there was just a couple notes, this thing. And then, yeah, the, the shoot to the moon, the moon dance or the celebration. Like, he didn't pull his pants down. Right. <laughs> and he faked it. Um, and, like, like I guarantee you, most people in that stadium knew exactly what he was doing. Um, and they probably were like, oh, this guy's hilarious. And also Moss was chirping at the Packers fans for like the whole game as well. They, there was a couple of times where they cut to him on the sidelines being like, yo, look at the scoreboard. You guys suck. Like, 
we're killing you. So like this wasn't just like Randy Moss going out of his way or anything to uh you know just pretend like he's mooning. But yeah, I I to me Joe Buck uh has loosened up a lot in the last few few years. I would love to see like his reaction to a play like this. Now he'd be like, oh, oh that Randy Moss, he's a he's a jokester. <laughs> Uh, somebody somebody on the vikings i mean it will be uh i believe no it won't be 20 i was trying to do math like justin jefferson scores a touchdown in like two years against the packers or something and he like whips it out as like a who um would uh oh it would totally be justin jefferson you think wouldn't so? it no I, well he, he would have he, to mix the gritty into it somehow <laughs> gritty and then just <laughs> yeah that'd be great bare ass gritty in the air and zone no jordan no who's wearing 84 josh oliver uh, josh oliver so yeah. yeah he's got the 84 i don't know <laughs> it would, i can't even think thinking of, about jefferson like. I'm, I'm trying to think like who has the best receiver celebrations now in the nfl and everyone just does the gritty so i, I don't yeah. know yeah it's, it's almost to the point where it's over you like they don't they would they don't want to do anything else because they have to make sure they do a different version of the gritty every time they score a touchdown now so uh, <sighs> we need we need chad Johnson but yeah back. but joe buck has lightened up so much since this like he felt super like super uptight like super like pointing you know you know pointing his nose up in the air at, at something like this this despicable randy moss would do to this crowd of drunken fans how could he do that to them they're it's so inappropriate as they're just getting shit-faced in the in the stands how could he do that to them <laughs> it's like yeah okay because uh, uh, i'm I, sure the, the the packers fans were just yelling such nice clean, things clean wholesome Randy classiest Musk, organization game. in the nfl yeah I'm sure uh, just, you, the know. ones that take uh dumpster luges rainbow uh, like for, rainbows uh, and unicorns coming out of those stands the whole game i'm sure that's, that's all it is over at lambo also just did mike tice, old family fun did mike tice ever say anything about it no because he didn't give a fuck like he didn't care <laughs> i thought it was awesome yeah <laughs> everyone came up there was like high five him after the game I, or after the the play because they're like you score a touchdown I'm like who cares about celebration i remember my first reaction to it uh we went to Buffalo Wild Wings because nope. it was like new in Rochester. And like, that was the place we watched the big game. Is that a Minnesota chain? Uh, no, it's an, it's a national thing, but, um, for some reason I thought it started in Minnesota. No, I think it was Buffalo or I, I don't know. Like Definitely not Buffalo. Definitely. No, no, <laughs> but, um, they have real wings. Yeah, there. they do. Um, yeah, that was the place we'd go and watch games. And I remember, you know, we were in there, we were jumping up and down screaming and we were just happy. The Vikings were winning. And my friend like goes, dude, Moss just pretend to moon them. That's awesome. And like, we didn't hear anything like the call or any of that. And we got home and like, you know, Chris Berman's on ESPN, Tom Jackson, are there waving died. their fingers. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's like, <laughs> how could Randy Moss do such a thing? I'm just like, dude, he's having fun. Like, is this, not what you, is this not what you want? Like, I, I get it. And Tom Pelissero actually, uh, he was on score North a couple of years ago and he theorized that. From where they were sitting, they it looked like Moss was pulling down his pants to take a dump, yeah. wiping yeah. his ass on the goalpost with the little. Yeah. I think that's maybe what threw people off is that he was like taking a shit and wiping his ass on the Packers goalpost. Which yeah. um, he should have. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> when, when you think about it, but yeah. um, anyway, I after feel it looked the, like shit anyway. So. <laughs> 
and made no day. He was trying to fertilize his people. pants off because he had maybe, maybe it'd be so slick if he t- yeah. you know, added a little fer- fertilizer. Yeah. Um, Ontario Smith whizzed the ni- final nine minutes away in the game. Yeah, uh, running good. back by committee, super weird. It was Ontario Smith, it was Michael Bennett, it was Mo Williams, uh, and of course, Dante Culpepper with a couple mm-hmm. of big runs of his own, uh, salting away the game for the Vikings. Uh, in the aftermath of the win, the Vikings went to Philadelphia and got blown away. I didn't even look at the game because um, I think Moss's ankle was still messed up in that yeah. game. So, I mean, that was Did he walk off the field in that game, too. I don't. I remember him sitting on the bench and like they were kind of like zooming in on him or whatever. Um, Moss was fined $10,000 for a celebration. Uh, And it led to some of the greatest sound bites in Vikings history. Uh, Talking to Chris Myers after the game, uh, he was asked about, you know, walking off the field and the lead up. And he said, I think you guys blew that up. I left it up to my coaching staff and the players to answer the questions all week. So it was a bit of a bumpy road throughout the week. But with that, we whooped their ass. And Chris Myers goes, thanks, Randy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I just like, Um, Moss later said to reporters, they better be talking about that W we put on Lambeau field today. Then he came home and delivered the greatest soundbite in Vikings history. He was asked by reporters, paid the fine, how he paid the fine, etc. And if you're a Viking fan, you know exactly how this went. When you're rich, you don't write checks straight cash, homie. It ain't shit. It ain't nothing but 10 grand. What's 10 grand to me next time. I might shake my dick. (laughs) <laughs> elaborated in 2021 man i don't have no offenses i ain't been doing nothing crazy saying he shouldn't have gotten the fine and moss was traded to the oakland raiders prior to the next season uh the vikings got napoleon harris in the seventh overall pick in the 2005 nfl draft which was used to select troy williamson they also got a seventh rounder from the oakland raiders um, you said that Buck's call was part of the reason why Moss got traded. I think but do you think point. this was more of a last FU from Red McCombs as well as he was selling the team, couldn't get a new stadium, and was just like, I'm gonna I'm gonna take what you love, brother. Like the guy in Anchorman. Yeah. Guy lack an Anchorman. It was definitely a mixture of a lot of things. Um I don't I'll I'll reclarify. Like I don't think Joe Buck's call was the main reason why Randy Moss got traded, but it was just like a tipping point uh for Red McCombs being fed up with Randy Moss's antics. Um, but yeah, and then I think Moss kind of knew his, his time was coming to an end in Minnesota as well, which is why the straight cash homie thing happened. He was like, uh, I don't really give a fuck. So uh, yeah, whatever, 10 grand. Um, but yeah, and then that was just like, all right, yeah, we got to move on from him. Um, the fact that they were still able to get a first round pick shows you that he was still regarded in, in, <laughs> in change. The, in the and league. a player. Yeah. Like, I know Napoleon Harris wasn't good, but right. I mean, he's still he's a starter. Very high. Yeah. In the rest of the league. So, um, yeah, it was. Uh, and then I remember, I remember that offseason. I think I was telling people, like, oh, Raiders are going to be good next year because they got Randy Moss. And it's like, nope, they're terrible. Because uh, uh, what do they have? Kerry Collins throwing him the ball and yeah. uh, Marcus Chiasopo, something like that. But uh, yeah, and Red McCombs. He was kind of in a similar position where he was like, I don't really care. I'm getting out of here and, uh, you know, I'm just going to blow everything up on my way out because you guys suck. And I couldn't move you to San Antonio where I wanted the franchise to be. Um, so um, how Red McCombs, how long was he the owner for like well, less than 10 years? Right. 
I think he took over in 1998 and sold them in 2005. So, I mean, he tried to push for a stadium in Minneapolis. The legislators said no. Uh, He tried to move them to San Antonio. The NFL said no. Um, For as terrible as an owner that he was, they had a lot of success during his tenure. They, they, I I think it was fan interest. Like the the Vikings were, uh, again, they were a hot mess that nobody could look away from because, you know, you had the, you had the two thousand, even like the two thousand two season when they were bad. They had that win in New Orleans, where yeah. I think was that the two point conversion one. Yeah, the two point conversion. Uh, where the Saints were wearing those awful gold jerseys. Yep. That's what I remember most about that game. I'm like that didn't work like you thought it would. Yeah. Um, it's like people walk around with the yellow Viking jerseys. As yeah, well. people want that, and I'm like, it's not going to look good. So. No. <laughs> no, like it's one of those things where maybe it looks cool like elsewhere, but then you get it on the field and you're just like, mm, oh, mustard. Yeah, not a great idea. Um, Yeah. So Dante Culpepper, he goes into the 2005 season. They trade Moss and he is not the same quarterback, uh, maybe pressing a little, but 1,564 yards, six touchdowns, 12 interceptions in seven games before tearing his knee in every which way possible at Carolina. Uh, he rehabs the injury at a planet fitness, pisses off Brad Childress, who wants him to get in shape, and he gets traded to the Miami Dolphins. Um, who traded for him instead of signing Drew Brees? Yes. Uh, if Moss stays in 2005, does Dante remain the Vikings quarterback through the end of the decade? Because I think in 2005, Dante was kind of like, all right, I got to do this. Right. And yeah. I think one of the things that, you know, a lot of people like to do the Culpepper cousins debate right but i think one of the things that cousins has over dante is that he was consistent like yeah. you know what you're getting out of cousin dante there was one year he had like 25 fumbles or whatever it was then the next year he would put up mvp numbers then the following year he would do what he did in 20 or 2005 like i think having moss might have been like kind of a you know elevation type thing and i mean all the all the good court i mean her cousin stats can't tell me they're not helped out by Justin Jefferson, right? Especially last year. And Stefan Diggs and Thielen. Yeah. So, I mean, it, if Moss is there, maybe Culpepper is not running as much as he did in those games. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't make that run in Carolina and shred his knee. And if that happens, you know, the 2018 could have used Dante Culpepper for sure. They had the infrastructure. They just didn't have a quarterback. That's why they go out and get Brett Favre. Maybe Favre doesn't become a Viking. Maybe Dante Culpepper is the quarterback of the Vikings that game. Yeah. And, you know, having a mobile quarterback would have worked out down. at some point <laughs> for the 2009 season. Wink, wink. Yeah, he runs the first down um, instead of throwing across his body like somebody else. Like somebody we know, yeah, like it's I an think, interesting dynamic to think about. Because I, think, I don't think I don't think Dante plays till like 2015 or anything, no. but through the end of the decade for sure. Yeah, I think I think he totally would have stayed. Um, I would. I just did. Um, I just ranked every Vikings quarterback since 1990 to start a game, and Culpepper was he was number one. Um, and I look back, and I guess in 2001 he hurt his knee, so that made him miss uh, three or four games, and he was hobbled bunch of the season two so that kind of contributed to his struggles and he wasn't really the same the next year in 2002 and he kind of got back on track in 2003 and, and he rushed for 10 touchdowns i, I think people look at his passing stats that year and they're like oh it's terrible but he also rushed for 10 touchdowns as a quarterback yeah. uh, so that's still pretty good uh, and then yeah 2004 it kind of like everything got back to, to kind of where it was in 2000 um and it's kind of a shame that his 
career came to an end because of a, a knee injury, essentially, in 2005. Um, and he was replaced by Brad Johnson in 2005, uh, who was there before Culpepper even <laughs> got to the Vikings. Um, and the Vikings actually finished 7-2 and two with Brad Johnson yeah. as their starter that, that year. That season was super weird. So weird. <laughs> it was very weird. Yeah. Um, and then Mike Tice got fired, obviously. Um, I, and I, re- I ranked the Vikings coaches, too, since like 2000 or whatever, recently. And looking back at that made me realize, like, the Vikings were pretty competitive under Mike Tice. They only made the playoffs once, but he had one bad year the first year. They were 6-10. and 10, And the rest of the years, they were, like, 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7. and seven. So, like, they didn't have, like, the superstar players or anything like that. But, like, they were going to give you a fight every time you, you came on the field. Um, and he had them, you know, competitive. So uh, he wasn't as terrible as a coach as I previously thought. I also wonder how long Moss would have stayed with the Vikings because the Wilfs take over. Yeah. He loved Mike Tice, but I mean, in 2005, you know, I, I think one of the things, reasons they traded him. And again, this is something I believe Pelicero said was that the team was becoming more Randy's team than the actual coaches team. Okay. Like Randy was the one pulling the strings and like that game he played in where he was just a decoy with that bad hamstring. That was a Randy Moss decision. Well, um, it was it, good. <laughs> oh, no, he had, he had one catch for 15 yards. Like, no, I'm saying, I'm saying like he was overall, pulling the strings. Yes, like, yes. Yeah. yeah you see the same thing. You see the same thing. Superstar everywhere. receiver. I, I wonder, like, you look at 05. Moss, if Moss is on the team when the love boat happens, you know, the Wolves, of course, they famously, like, lost their shit over that. Does that happen? Do, do they look at, who knows? Maybe Moss is a better party planner than Fred Smoot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little more discreet, maybe. And they they only got caught because they took a whiz in somebody's yard. Yeah, I I know there's a lot of bodily functions in there's this like, podcast. But yeah, you know. it's like, well, yeah, you, Ontario Smith. Obviously, you have to talk about that. Yeah. Um, but uh, I know Moss has thrown parties before. Like, there's that famous clip of him getting Belichick to go to the Halloween party, um, dressing up and actually. Yeah. That's so yeah, great too. Um, uh, we we want you to do Halloween, but I feel Halloween like Randy, party. like Randy Moss, his parties were a lot more low key than the the Love Boat. So I'm not yeah. sure. I'm sh- I wonder if he would be. He would have been like, "That's not a good idea." And that's not a good idea, guys. Um, to get a, <laughs> the Love Boat going, he would have been like, "Dante, no, let's go play some PlayStation. Let's go <laughs> like that." Yeah, just bring um, the PlayStation on the boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always tails, tails. Uh, they don't uh, play the PlayStation like us. Uh, another famous clip. Um, what what a what a fun game to talk about. Like honestly, yeah. like if I, I guess we're doing ninety eight MC Championship game next, but and that's obviously yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. We could do that, or we could do uh, twenty nineteen Saints with the uh, oh, and Kyle, Kyle Rudolph Rudo. pushed off. Yeah, well, we'll 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 discuss. We'll we'll discuss one or the other. But um, we've gone an hour. It was, it's a fun drive down memory lane, but it's all the time we have for today. This has been the Viking Age podcast. It's the official podcast of the VikingAge.com. We do this every Monday and Thursday right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. If you miss us, we're on Apple and Spotify the very next day in podcast form. No matter how you consume us, rate, comment, like, share, and subscribe so you never miss a new episode. For Adam Patrick, I am Chris Shad. We will talk to you next time.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.